So God first called me to Amsterdam a long time ago. That's where I met my wife, Jody. That's where our sons were born, just outside of the red light district. Uh, We felt called to reach the young adults in the city who were alienated from the church, which was pretty much everyone in the city. And so we would go out at night and pray, and it'd be raining like this often because Holland is cold and raining most of the time. And so we'd go out and pray all night and say, God, help us to reach these young people, especially these young adults who are so uh, against you, who don't know who you are, who think you're just a dead tradition. And so we would pray all night, and then during this time, um, we felt like we were supposed to start a church on this old boat, an old barge behind uh, Central Train Station. And so we started a church there, and the address was Steiger 14 or Pier 14 in Dutch. And then I felt like I was supposed to start a band as a way of going to, to their clubs and festivals and communicating in their language who Jesus is. So we started the band No Longer Music. And now it has grown, and we are doing things all over the world. It's growing so fast, to be honest, right now, it's hard to keep up with all that, that is happening. And our, our burden is to reach what we call the global youth culture, which is a new phenomena because of, of the Internet, globalization. You have young people today who are watching the same movies, playing the same video games, uh, raised on pornography, being destroyed by the same lies. Most of the, of the uh, young people, or most of the births today in the Western world uh, are out of wedlock. You have, a, you have unbelievable brokenness, and then you have another uh, situation just like it, that in the Middle East. We call them Middle Eastern uh, global youth. Even though they grow up in, is- in Islamic countries, they've rejected Islam, they don't go to the mosque, they're atheists, most of them, and they are also very hungry for truth, and they're seeing unbelievable atrocities that you don't even want to talk about, and God has given us a burden to reach these people. And we've just... Uh, uh, we, there's so much happening. You should really check out our website, uh, Steiger International, S-T-E-I-G-E-R, Steiger. We have a, a, also a, a, a ministry called Come and Live, which is to reach, to help Christian artists, to train them to bring Jesus outside of the church. We have a lot of high-profile musicians that are a part of this movement who have joined us. One of them is Brian Head Welsh from Korn. <clears throat> who is now part of our ministry. I'll be doing a seminar with him in Berlin uh, in a couple of weeks. So it's just growing like crazy, and you need to check it out. We also have a school in Germany for nine weeks, and we have a couple of Kiwis coming, I believe it's two, and we have people from all over the world. Last year we had 18 countries represented at our uh, Revolutionary Week in Germany, and I think some of maybe there's some people from this church that should pray about that. If you want to know more, there's a... You can get information at the table there. But I just, we just finished a tour. Uh, one of the places that we were playing in is Ukraine. It's a country that is uh, where our, one of the dancers in our show, uh, he, was, became, he had got this skin infection and almost died, and he had to go to a hospital. Uh, but there was, we couldn't find a place in the hospital because of, all of, the, because of the war and all the, the soldiers. You don't hear about it much now in the news, but it's still happening. And so it's a very, very difficult, crazy place, and I want to show you what God did in Ukraine on our recent tour.
Honestly, I've done a lot of touring and I've experienced a lot of opposition, but I think this stretch of Ukraine has probably been the hardest stretch of tour I have ever been involved in. Today, eventually, the middle of the exo just broke. Team members going in the hospital, vehicles breaking down, our entire stage actually broke. We're playing on a stage we had to rent at the last minute. You know, and it's been, it's just been such an intense battle. We have felt drained and we felt exhausted, and yet at the same time, we come and thousands of people fill the squares and the venues where we are, and we see all these people giving their lives to Jesus. It's just such an incredible reminder of when you're willing to go out and lift up the cross in secular places, there's going to be a battle, there's going to be a fight, uh, and your God is stronger than he is in the world. And we get to experience this every night, so it's tough, but it's also a huge privilege. I feel definitely it's not an accident that I'm here. Did you, did you make this decision tonight? So yes, definitely, but I need to change my life. Then I started to preach, explain to him everything about Jesus, gospel, and, and then we were praying and two girls came up. They were his friends. They got saved as well. We could feel, literally feel like they got saved. You can yeah, touch you salvation tell. definitely in their, like, their faces, yeah. eyes. So my four years with NLM, I've never had such huge problems with our, our stage and our, all of our vehicles. I mean, it's every city almost. I'm calling some mechanic to come and fix some part on uh, one of our vehicles or the, the axle on the stage and all of these different challenges, despite them, we preached every night, nothing was canceled. Every time God provided, uh, and oftentimes an even better solution with some of these bigger stages that we needed for some of these bigger crowds. So that was Ukraine. That just gives you one example of the amazing things we've seen God do this year. Another country we're working a lot in is Russia. And uh, in Russia, um, they just passed a law that it's illegal to preach the gospel. So, uh, if or if you meet in your if you um, if you have a Bible study in your house, then you can be arrested. If you have a prayer meeting in your house, you can be arrested. If you know neighbors who are doing that and you don't report them to the police, you can be arrested for that. And so we're doing these big shows, thousands of people, 
and there's this nationalistic uh, group there called Kazakis, and uh, they saw what we were doing, so they decided they were going to, they, they were at one of our shows, and they thought, we have to stop this. We have to stop them from doing this. And so they had this meeting and decided they would come to another city where we were, but they got the date wrong. <laughs> so they, they showed up at the wrong, you know, the, the wrong day, and another time I was preaching after the after one of our shows, and our Belarusian uh, manager came up to me and said, go hide for a while because they're looking for you. And so I got in one of our vans and kind of, he said, just stay in, in, your, in the van, don't come out because the police were there and they wanted to find, find me because I was, I was preaching. It was really tough. We had to, to go from Russia into Ukraine. We were spending, we spent, some of our heavy vehicle drivers were, Stuck at the border for three days, they had to sleep in their trucks, and uh, there were a lot of interrogations, crazy, crazy stuff going on. But in spite of all of that, we have we saw hundreds of people come to Jesus. We had follow up meetings where people would be lined up out on the, to the streets to come. We saw people get amazing he- healings take place. We have right now, I think there's sixteen. Uh, groups meeting in bars and clubs every week in Belarus, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine and Russia since that tour. We saw God do incredible things in Czech. Czech is one of the most cynical uh, cities in Europe in terms of of the young people. They are very atheistic, very anti-God. And we saw Czech young people fall to their knees and give their life to Jesus we had a riot in Switzerland, we, in Zurich. We were attacked by soccer hooligans. Um, a couple of guys in our band were shot in the face with pepper spray. One guy prayed to receive Jesus, and after the concert, he prayed to receive Jesus after the show. And while he was after that, a guy, uh, one of these soccer hooligans came up and hit him in the face, right, you know, without any you know warning, as hard as he could, right in the face. And uh, he didn't care because he became a Christian. So he said, we said, are you all right? And he said, yeah, it's okay. So he wasn't that worried about it. Um, Crazy. I mean, uh, uh, rubber bullets flying. There were three people injured. Serious riot. I mean, and we played at Mount Manganui here in New Zealand, New New Year's Eve. And we were death threats. And wow, it was It was crazy. Jesus said in John 9, 4, As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. I was talking to this Russian pastor, and he was saying, We were so happy. You know, we thought we will always have the freedom now, you know, since the fall of the Soviet Union. We'll always be able to talk about Jesus. We're always going to have this freedom. And so we just, you know, we just were very self-focused and making our church happy and fat and now we've lost our religious freedom, and we need to repent for not taking the opportunity God gave us to preach the gospel. I believe that this is uh, what Jesus said is true. The night is coming. And the other thing that Jesus said is we are only visiting this planet. We are foreigners. Jesus said in John eighteen thirty six, My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus also says in Luke 9:58, he didn't even have a place to lay his head. 
And then Jesus tells us that when we give our lives to him, we, are, we no longer belong to this world either. When I give my life to Jesus, I'm just like Jesus. And this world is not mine anymore. We are foreigners. We are only visitors. In John 15, 19, Jesus said, The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, and that's why the world hates you. Every follower of Jesus, without exception, is called to come out of the world. Why? Because we are part of something eternal. Something so huge that nothing in this world is even worth considering. In Matthew 6:19, Jesus says, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal." For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then one verse down from that, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You see, when I am an earthly citizen, when I am a citizen of this earth, it makes sense to live for materialism, right? I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I need to live for the earthly stuff that's all around me. And I should look to the world for my real fulfillment. I should try to be as safe as I, I can make myself. I should be as secure as possible because this is all there is. And why not? It makes sense. But the truth of the matter is the world doesn't fulfill And you can have everything that the world tells you that will make you happy and you still won't be happy. I mean, I so, you know, like like Don and Penny and Jody and I went out to a really nice meal, for a really nice meal last night. And it was great. I love going out, you know, to a nice restaurant and having a nice meal. But if I live for going out to a nice restaurant, it doesn't fulfill me very much. I mean, seriously, You know, one meal is like another after a while. It's not very fulfilling. I mean, I can enjoy going on a holiday if I don't live for going on a holiday. I mean, after a while, one beach looks like like another beach. And so then I work really hard and I sacrifice to build a big house. But then after a while, the big house gets pretty boring. And so then I have to go on another holiday. And it, you know, it all looks and it tastes the same after a while. And you know what? I don't think that when we're lying on our deathbeds, I don't think when I'm lying on my deathbed, I'm going to be thinking about all the great holidays I've been on. I'm not going to be going, wow, wasn't that cool? That when I was laying by the beach and then I had that drink with the umbrella in it. <laughs> there is a reason why the world... Why, in people who have everything the world says will make them happy. Everything. And I know people like that who have everything the world says will give you satisfaction. Why they have to numb themselves on party pills, sex, drugs, and alcohol. 
Because there is nothing the world offers that can satisfy. All it does is leave you more and more empty and lonely. But here's the thing. As a follower of Jesus, I'm immortal. I'm immortal. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will never die but have eternal life. Now I have to tell you, I was not into... I'm being honest now. I was not into wanting to die, but I wasn't that excited about eternal life. You know why? Because of the way it was explained to me in church. And I I don't know if you've heard this, but I heard this a few times in in some churches. You know, there'll be this worship time. And you know, sometimes the worship time was good. Sometimes it was lame. You know, a lot of different kinds of worship times, right? And I'm sitting there, and and then the pastor would get up and he'd go, you better get used to this, because this is what eternity will be like. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, and I'm going, so eternity is an endless church service. It sounds more like hell to me. As broken as this world is, as messed up as this world is, there is still beauty on this, in this earth that takes your breath away. Really. I mean, I was with, with my, my wife Jody and our, our two sons, Aaron and Ben, and their wives, uh, Courtney and Jennifer, and we were in Las Vegas, and we went to a Cirque du Soleil production called Ka at the MGM Grand. And I was watching this unbelievable, creative production and I was emotional you know I was thinking, this is so beautiful it's hard to even co- take it all in and, you know and I get to travel we do a lot of our, a lot of our work is in Europe and so I go to some of these unbelievably beautiful old European cities walking down these cobblestone streets looking at this unbelievable architecture Honestly, it's so beautiful. You know, you can't even really appreciate it. Or when you're, when, you know, like when you go to the Swiss Alps, and it doesn't matter, you know, how you feel, how down you feel. When you walk, when you go into the Swiss Alps, your mood lifts. It's so beautiful. There's so much beauty. I mean, the natural beauty here in New Zealand, you can't, I mean, it's like, it's overwhelming the beauty in this country. Or if you get to go to Arizona and you see the beautiful desert and on and on, there's still, even though there is so much destruction and brokenness, there is still beauty. And then there's emotional beauty. Not just physical beauty, emotional beauty. You know, the beauty, the, the love that I feel for my wife Jody, you know, it's, it's like painful the love that I feel for my sons and their wives and my grandkids now and in the family that God has given me around the world, it, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's the kind of emotion that is painful, that hurts. God's amazing love. You know, when I've had glimpses of it, 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 it breaks me. You know, I, I, when I've had a moment, I'm like on my face weeping when I, get a, when I get revelations of it. But you know what? This is just a shadow of what's to come. This is like a speck of dust 
this doesn't even count. This is nothing. As beautiful as it is, if you're lucky enough to be able to travel and see it or be in a beautiful country like this, it is a bad reflection. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, Paul said, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. It's just, in, it's a shadow. And so... My home is not this. My home is a place where where there is no senseless violence. It's a place where there is no disease, no cancer, no broken hearts, no loneliness, no fear, no suffering, no war. And the most incredible life force that's beyond comprehension sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come and rescue me. And not only that, he's going to give me a good body. You know, Don was bragging yesterday about what a great soccer player he was. It's going on and on. Oh, I was this great goalie, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to get a new body. 2 Corinthians 5, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. God himself, God himself is going to make, is preparing a new body for me. God himself, what do you think that's going to be like? What do you think that's going to be like? And on top of all of this, Jesus is building a home for me. Jesus, do you Jesus who created everything in Colossians, the universe, the, the uh, invisible, the seen, the unseen, everything he holds together with his power. He is so magnificent. The creator, Jesus, is building a house for me. What do you think this house is going to be like? It's not going to be some cheap house. I could tell you that. John 14, 2. This is Jesus. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if, you go and pre- and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and welcome you into my presence so that you may also be where I am. And this is going to be beyond anything, beyond anything I can, the world has. Anything the world has is just a cheap reflection. It's a speck of dust. It's nothing. So, the, it, so then the question is this. Why do so many followers of Jesus sell their soul for something that will eventually be rotten and will be filled with rats? Why? Like I said, you know, Switzerland is so beautiful. And I, and I have a friend from Switzerland. I have a few, but I have this friend, his, name's Lu, he's Lu, his name is Lucas. He had a decision to make. 
Should he be a youth pastor in Switzerland or should he go to Beirut, Lebanon? Should he, go, should he move into a dangerous Muslim neighborhood with his young family, two babies and wife, or should he be a youth pastor in Switzerland? He thought, no. I'm a foreigner. I think I'll go to Beirut. So he went to Beirut. He has, a, he has Bible studies in these coffee shops there, and just a few weeks ago, across the, just across the road, someone tr- came uh, with a suicide vest and tried to blow themselves up, up, and the police got him before he could do it. This is where he was have just, just a few just on the other side of the street where he, was, where he has his Bible studies with these university students. He was in this rough place, you know, and he's like, and then not seeing the kind of breakthroughs that he wants to see, so he's, 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 he's up at like uh, 5 o'clock in the morning because, you know, he has a young family, so he has, can have time to cry out to God to see things happen. He's not seeing things happen like he wants. So he, I'm talking to him, and he says, David, I think I should get up at 4 in the morning now because I'm not seeing the breakthroughs that I want to see in Beirut. I said, yeah, but maybe you should just try it for a short time, because that's pretty hard, you know, getting up at four in the morning. He says, I got to do it. So he's getting up at four in the morning. God, I got to see you move in Beirut. And now he's been invited to speak at the most prestigious university in the Middle East, in Beirut, the Sunni Muslim Club, and talk about Jesus. I can tell you this, he will never regret the fact that he decided to go to Beirut and not be a youth pastor in Switzerland. He's not going to be going, oh God, I could be a youth pastor in Switzerland and skied to work every day. Don't be a citizen. You're only a visitor. Why do you act like a... Like you live here. Why do you, why do you plan your life like you're a, like a permanent resident? Don't save yourself. Go hard. I mean, I, I, when you're young, you know, when you don't have a family yet, man, you should go hard. Like I was, when, when we were doing things, um, we do stuff in Turkey and we, in Iraq, not lately because of the ISIS thing, but we were there and someone said, listen, I know some people up in the mountains. They're um, Kurdish um, freedom fighters and other people call them terrorists. And he's saying, if you would send some people, I could get you into the mountains and you could go and you could talk, you could do a, you could do a concert for these guys. You could go up into the mountains and play for these rebels up in the mountains on the border of southeast Turkey and Iraq, and they will listen to you. This is what you should do when you're young. Come on, you shouldn't be trying to take it easy. You should go sleep under a drain, in a drain pipe somewhere. You should go into the Kurdistan and preach the gospel. And I don't understand people when they get older and their kids are all grown up. You know, when you're, you know, there's, you still need to be radical when you have a young family. I mean, we lived in the heart of on the edge of the red light district in Amsterdam when we had a young family. But when your kids are grown up and they're out of the house, 
Shouldn't you take more risks? Why do people take less risks when they get older? Come on, you. what do you want to do? Go die somewhere for the gospel. Don't retire. What are you talking about? You know, I, and if you don't have the physical health, God is in charge of that, then be radical here. You know, put a map of the world up in your bedroom and start praying for people and crying out. Maybe you're an intercessor. Maybe you, maybe you need to sell your house and live in a smaller house and send other people. I don't know. But you're a resident. Don't act like you're a citizen. Every year, I spend many months in crowded vans driving thousands of kilometers and sometimes with little sleep Sometimes afraid, sometimes lonely, sometimes exhausted. But I want to tell you this. I have never been so alive. I have never been so fulfilled. I've never been so grateful. Jesus commands us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. I think you need a special revelation to stay, not to go. Especially if you live in a rich country like New Zealand. Honestly, you know, my son, Aaron, um, he's responsible for a lot of the support that we need to raise for things. And, and yeah, I, we need some, I, I was going to ask this morning if there's be some here that want to help us send some Ukrainians and Russians uh, to our school in Germany so we can send them back. And then they, these guys go are like radical guys. We need to, I need to raise some support for that. And if you, if you want to help with that, come talk to me after the, 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 the meeting. But yeah, we need, there are, God calls people, some people to have normal jobs. Absolutely. But your, your calling is no less radical than mine. And if God has called you to have a, a normal job, then you need, to need the, you need to use the resources you have to, go, to help others to go, and then you need to be a radical voice in your neighborhood. But everyone is called. As a follower of Jesus, I have an unshakable kingdom. Hebrew, which says some, is a, quite a statement here in New Zealand, isn't it? Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 Therefore, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us be filled with gratitude and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Don't play it safe. You're not a citizen, you're not a permanent resident, you're an alien. This is not your future. And if God has given you health, if he's given you, use it. Our kingdom is indestructible, eternal, unshakable. And we are foreigners and we are only visiting this planet. And I think God would call some of us this morning to change our mindset. from citizens to foreigners. And it will be the best thing you ever did, and you'll never regret it. I don't know what ha- God has for you, what it means practically, but there is an application for every single one of us. There's a radical application to this. I don't know what it'll be for you, but God will show you that I know.
But if you feel like, yes, I, I need a change in my mindset. I've, I'm acting too much like a, like a citizen, and I need to be more, I need to understand this message. I need to, to, to get a grasp of it, a revelation of it. Then I want you to come up here, and I'll, I'll just pray that God will give us that revelation, and then that he'll send us. So if you need to come, just come now. Just come to the front of the church.